0: James chapter 3. And we, what we did last time was we gave this exhortation on the seriousness of teaching the Word of God. And we just basically took verse 1 and 2, and we really stayed mostly in verse 1. So I'm going to start again at verse 1 and read down through verse 12. And you follow with me in your Bible. My brethren, Be not many masters or teachers. Many of you should not become teachers is what that phrase literally means. Knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation or the stricter judgment. For in many ways we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, enabled also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which, though they be so great, and are driven by fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defiles the whole body. And sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell. Every kind of beast and of birds and of reptiles and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed by mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God even the Father and therewith curse we men which are made in and after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You are holy, you're righteous and altogether true. In you is no shadow of turning. Throughout every facet of your character and nature and being, you are perfectly whole and unified and pure and altogether lovely and righteous. And this morning we love you and we praise you and we worship you. And we're thankful today that You have given us a body. We're thankful today that you have given us a tongue. That we might speak forth praises unto you. That we can sing and make melody in our hearts and express that with our lips. We're thankful today for the privilege and the opportunity of human speech. Lord, that we might be able to edify and build up and encourage other people recognizing, oh God, as we read these verses, the nature of fallen humanity. And Lord, we pray that you'll forgive us for our evil and wicked and self-centered use of our tongues. Help us on this day, Lord, to grow. Help us on this day to repent. Help us today, oh God, to plead with you more earnestly than we have before, that you would sanctify our tongues. Lord, that we might use this gift and privilege for your honor and for your glory, for the upbuilding of your holy kingdom until our Lord returns or we come home through death. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The power and the nature of the tongue. An author named Theodore Rinking faced execution in 1646. Because of a book that he had written, he offended King Christian IV of Denmark, and the king ordered him the alternative of, quote, eating his book, end quote, or being executed. Rinking then tore the book into shreds, soaked it in soup, and started munching until the entire book was eaten. You and I this morning did not have quite that same opportunity. We are not so fortunate. For according to the scriptures, our words once spoken are part of the eternal record. They will meet us at the judgment. And therefore we can understand today that there are vast issues that hang upon the use of our tongues with our Words. It was our Lord Jesus in Matthew twelve, thirty-six and thirty seven that said, I tell you on the day of judgment people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. And on that day we will not have an alternative, but we will stand there in the judgment and face. As the King James puts it, every idle word. It's a very sobering thought, isn't it? (laughs) When I think back across my short life, wow, that's a lot of words because I like to talk, as you know. And the Bible has, this is not a marginal issue in the Word of God, is it? You look in the book of Proverbs and you see over and over again that it's, it is the wise person who has the controlled tongue. But it is the fool that rants and raves and shares all that's in his heart. Jesus speaking those powerful words to us this morning reminds us of the seriousness of the speech. That comes forth from our mouths that we speak with our tongues. And as I mentioned last week. James, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is going to personify the tongue. And he's going to set this member up as a representative member for us to look at and to consider in the area of spiritual life and in the area of true and saving faith. As we've noticed through the book of James, the consistency is this. The testing of our faith. The testing of our claim to be a Christian, to be a follower of Christ, is put to the test. And there is actually, according to our text this morning, no area in our lives that is more representative of either the lack of spiritual life or the presence of spiritual life than our tongues. It's amazing, isn't it? I have four things I want to share with you about the tongue this morning that I see directly in the text. Number one, I've already said it. The tongue is a representative member. Verse two. The tongue is a representative member. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. Able also to bridle the whole body. It's a representative member. In essence, he's saying, if you can control your tongue, you can control everything else. (laughs) It is a representative member. James personifies the tongue, representing the whole and points to the depravity and the wretchedness of the inner person, which gives rise and makes itself evident in our patterns of speech. You see, because the tongue only produces what is in the heart, which is where sin originates. (laughs) Very often we want to look to an outside source, do we not? Oh, God, you gave this woman to me. That's what Adam said. (laughs) The woman you gave me, she gave me the, the fruit and I ate. And the woman, Satan, deceived me. And I ate. And as the, as we say, turning to Satan, he didn't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> but we cannot point to outside sources. Because we've already learned from the book of James itself that it is from the heart, it is from within that sin originates. As you look back with me in chapter 1, verse twenty, verse 14 and 15, rather, 14 and 15. Chapter 1, but every man is tempted, how, when, when he is drawn away of his own lust. So he has a desire, a passion in him, inside of him. And as he is drawn along by this desire, sin comes forth and he is guilty before God. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. This is not a new theme with James, as we mentioned last week. In every chapter, he mentions the use of the tongue. He's already mentioned it in the control of the tongue to be indicative of the reality of spiritual life. Verse 26 of chapter 1. If any man among you seem to be religious, (laughs) you come to church, you read your Bible. You say some prayers. You seem to be religious. James says, oh, by the way, if he does not bridle his tongue, he has deceived his own self and his religion is vain. It's worthless. It's indicative of spiritual life, the way we use our tongue. It's a representative member. Our Lord Jesus Christ Who I believe James patterns his teaching after taught that it is from within that our evil comes forth. Jesus said in Matthew 15 and verse 19, Matthew 15 and verse 19. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. Notice those last two. Sins of the tongue. False witness, lying about someone, slander, using your speech, using human speech to tear someone down and soil and ruin their reputation. Jesus says, from out of the heart, that's where that comes from. The Apostle Paul, on a lighter note and a happier note in the book of Colossians chapter 3, and I'd like for you to turn there just briefly to see what I'm showing you. In Colossians chapter 3, he tells us what a living faith produces in the life of the child of God. Those, in essence, who are born of the Spirit of God will speak in a way that reflects and manifests the spiritual life that is within. Listen to what he says in Colossians chapter 3. He says in verse 5, Mortify therefore your members... Which are upon the earth. Fornication. Uncleanness. Inordinate affection. Evil concupiscence. And covetousness. Which is idolatry. For which things sake. The wrath of God. Cometh upon the children of disobedience. In the which you also walked. Sometime. When you lived in them. But now ye. Also put off all these. Now listen to this list. Anger. Wrath. Malice. Now watch these next few. Blasphemy with the the tongue. Here's another one. Filthy communication. Corrupt speech. Out of your mouth. Lie not to one another. Seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. And have put on the new man which is renewed in the knowledge. After the image of him that created him. In essence, what he's saying here is that those who are born of God have put off the old man with the slander and the corrupt speech and the lies and have put on the new man. And so what God is doing in the child of God is he is creating us anew in the image of Christ. He is transforming us from the inside out that we may bear the image of Jesus. And so there is no other place that is more indicative of spiritual life or spiritual death than our patterns of speech. It is a representative member. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 and verse 45, 645 in the book of Luke, he says, The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. It's a representative member. It is a revealer, as it were, of the thoughts and the intentions of our heart. <laughs> and as much as we try to guard it and put, it on, the, put, it, put on the reins upon our, upon our tongues, when we get comfortable, when we get real comfortable, and we're talking to someone that we either take for granted... Or we're talking to someone who we know shares that kindred spirit of evil that we would never call it such. We open our mouths and say things that ought not to be said. Number two, not only is it a representative member, but the tongue is a small but powerful member. <laughs> it's small, but it's powerful. Look at verses three to five in our text. Back to James chapter three. going to verse three. Behold. We put bits in horses mouths that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. And so what James does is he gives us three examples of something that's small, but has great effect. Something that's small, but yet can affect a very large thing. The first one in verse three is the horse and the bridle of the bit. Take a little bit, put it in a horse's mouth, the bridle. You can turn this beast. Now, if this horse wanted to go somewhere, had a mind to go somewhere, you couldn't stop him. (laughs) And yet, he's been tamed. And so we can take this giant animal (laughs) and with a little bit, turn him right where we want him to go. The second example that he gives us is in verse 4, the rudder of the ship. These great, vast ships are driven, he says, by these fierce winds. So you have strong winds, you have this huge ship, and yet under the water is a small, comparatively, a small rudder. And with that rudder, he's able to direct the course of this large ship. And the third example in verse 5 is the spark and the fire. It just takes a small, small spark to create a tremendous fire. And oh, how small but powerful the tongue is. Simply amazing to consider the effects of speech. I think about the, the ability of a poet who can take us with the, with the use of words and language and transport us into another realm. I think of the writing of C.S. Lewis and others who, by their words, are able to transport us into the world of imagination. Able to move us Emotionally. I think of political and military speeches that have gone down through the ages in a moment when great things have come from a great speech that has changed the very course of history as we know it. All by the use of the tongue. It is through the manner of speech that our almighty God created the heavens and the earth. The Bible says that God spoke the worlds into existence. The power of speech, the power of just a little member that's in our bodies. And so the tongue can be used to affect good or bad. But in our text this morning, James focuses on the negative because it is this area of human depravity that is so clear to us all and so destructive. There is not a person in this room who cannot relate to this text. There's not a person in this room who cannot look back over your life and say, yes, it is so representative of the depravity of sin. The human condition that has fallen into the depths of our own egos, into the blackness of our own selves, we we do not show that corruption from within in any place more pointedly than we do with our tongues. Whether we're talking to one or many, whether we're talking in a private conversation or whether we are talking in public. And so it can affect good or bad. Nowhere does the fall of the human race into the darkness of our own egos and prideful selves manifest itself so clearly than with our tongues. Number three. Number three, the tongue, not only is it small, but powerful, but the tongue is humanly untamable. It's humanly untamable. It's right there in the text. Go back and look at verses six through eight. And the tongue is a fire. Look at these phrases that he uses. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members. There again, it's a representative member that it defiles the whole body. And sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. Verse seven. Every kind of beast and bird and serpent. All these things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. The tongue is humanly untamable. You know why? We're impulsive people. (laughs) I mean, we are so impulsive. If you get somebody in the heat of a moment, they'll say something without even thinking about it. And I, it's one of those things, you ever been heard the phrase, I stuck my entire foot in my mouth. How can you do that? Because you spoke too rashly. Amen? And we do that. And I'll tell you who you do it to, to the most. This is going to hurt. This is going to hurt. I'll tell you who you do it to the most. The people that you love the most. The ones that you love the most. You take for granted the most. You feel the most comfortable with. And what's happening? The, the tongue is expressing what is in the heart. Now that hurts. That hurts for me to say it. Because I know it's true of me as well as you. What comes out of your mouth at that time is in you, my friend. It is the the telltale sign of the sin and the remaining corruption that is inside of your heart. You say, oh no, I spoke rashly. Amen, you did. But in that rash moment, what came out, Jesus said, came out of the abundance of the heart. I've had people say things to me and then say, well, I really didn't mean that. Yes, you did. There's a part of you that meant that. Because it came out of your mouth. That's what Jesus said. It is humanly untamable. It's destructive and it's uncontrollable. Let me just say a few things. The tongue is a fire. That little spark is able to set on course a world of iniquity. And even the course of life, touching all the areas of life. In other words, it's like this. There is not an area of life that is not perpetuated and propelled on by God. Human speech. Think about it. Any evil in the world today. Is perpetuated. And propagated. And spread abroad. Through the tongue. I think about the things that people are teaching our children. I think about the things that people are learning. And people are saying in the world. These lies that come out of the very pits of hell. That many in the world are embracing. And that's exactly what James says. He said it's set on fire of hell. Literally being inflamed by Gehenna, which is a word that refers to the Valley of the Sons of Hinnom, that's just south of Jerusalem. And I'd love to talk more about that, but I'm going to move on. On October the 8th, 1871, about 830 in the evening, a lantern in Miss O'Leary's barn, presumably kicked over by her cow, ignited the Chicago fire. Before it could be contained, 17,500 buildings were destroyed, 300 people died, and 125,000 people became homeless by one little spark. I think about people. I remember Don Neal telling a story of a lady that sat in his office, 80 years old, weeping because when she was growing up as a child... She was told that she would never amount to anything. And she said, and I never did. The power of human speech. The power to build someone up and encourage them. Set their sails toward great heights. Or the power to bring them down. And crush the spirit. And lame the life forever. I think about how easy it is for one phone call to, to ruin an impeccable reputation. The power of this unruly, untamable tongue. He mentions set on fire of hell, Satan, after all, is called the father of lies by our Lord. John eight forty four. You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The book of Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10, he is called the accuser of the brethren. So when you're standing and accusing a brother or sister in Christ, you're acting like Satan. You're doing the works of Satan. You're sowing discord among the brothers. You are doing the work of Satan. Be careful, he's not your father. It's an untamable member. And finally, the tongue is a revealer of hypocrisy. The tongue is a revealer of hypocrisy. Verses 9 through 12. Look at this with me. And I only need read the first verse to get my point. Verse 9. Therewith, bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men which are made after the similitude of God or in the image of God. See the hypocrisy? <laughs> we come in here and seeing how much we love Jesus. We praise him. We worship him. And then turn around and speak ill of someone created in the very image of God. James says, That's hypocrisy. Because out of the same fountain, you don't get sweet water. And salty water. Out of the same. Off of the same vine. You do not pick grapes and figs. (laughs) No. No. He says these things ought not to be so my brothers. No, we should not show we show forth the hypocrisy of our own hearts in no area more clearer than when we come and praise and adore and worship God with our speech and turn around and speak ill of our fellow man and fellow woman. To speak evil of another is to criticize the God who made them. I'm going to say that again. Let that hit you, my my beloved. Let that hit you. When you criticize a human being, you criticize the God who made them. It's a revealer of hypocrisy. So what should we do? My suggestion to you is to turn unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the answer. It is only through and by the indwelling spirit of Christ and the implanted word of Christ that we will be able to conquer and tame the tongue. It is only by the grace of God that we can be forgiven of the hypocrisy within our own hearts. And accepted before a holy God. It is only by turning away from sin. And trusting in the eternal sufficient work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. We should bring our fallen broken untamable tongues to Jesus for forgiveness and the power to change. And then our tongue will speak of the glory and the grace of God. And all that he is for us in Christ. That's exactly what David did in Psalm 51. Let me just share it with you as we close. David said, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against you. You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, listen to this, you delight in truth, in the inward being. And you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Listen to what he says. Created me. A clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. And listen to this. Listen to this. Then. Then. I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. O God, of my salvation and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness, O Lord. Open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. Let's pray. Father, as we come to you now, Lord, at the close of our time, corporate worship this morning. Knowing and realizing that this is a message that hits at every single person. Because if we have the capacity to speak, oh, how our corruption manifests itself in that area of our life. And so, Father, we pray that you would give us a sanctified tongue, a controlled tongue, That our religion would not be vain. That our Christianity would not be meaningless and worthless. Deceiving our own hearts. But by the implanted spirit. The implanted word. The power of your might and grace in Christ. Help us O God. That we would have open lips to sing forth your praise. and the wonder of your grace. To testify of Jesus our beloved Savior and Lord. And to build up and encourage. And to blow strength and encourage into others lives. For the sake of Jesus. And Lord we pray that. If there is one here this morning. Lost and undone. One here this morning who. By this message. And your spirit. Has come to grips with the vileness of their own hearts. And from their heart they say. I want to be forgiven. I want to be saved. I want to be sanctified and cleansed. And changed. God I pray that you would help them today. Grant them repentance and grant them faith that they may turn from sin and trust in Jesus. Even as they submit to him as Lord. We ask this all in Jesus name and for his glory. Amen.